raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Bryce Young is a, is a phenomenal college quarterback. I, I mean, he's got it going on between the ears, but he's small. He doesn't have a big arm. Uh, you, you know, C.J. Stroud has got that big arm. He's a phenomenal vertical passer. But both of those guys have holes in their games. I mean, Young, you don't know how he's going to hold up. C.J. Stroud really had two out, outstanding games and needs a lot of coaching and needs a lot of development. So I don't see any teams clamoring to move up to get either of those players. That is the voice of one Tony Pauline who joins us now, actually, on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, NFL draft expert, pro football network zone. We appreciate him joining us not only today, but that was a soundbite that we had when we had him on maybe a month and a half ago, something like that, before Carolina had actually <laughs> traded up from number nine to number one. Tony, based off that soundbite, it didn't seem like you would be a fan of Carolina doing this. Now, things can change for sure, especially after the offseason. And so I'm not going to hold you to that specific one. But does that soundbite still reign true for you as far as how you feel about Carolina going up to one? Yeah, I think Carolina... You know, in my opinion, made a massive mistake. I think uh, it was a rushed judgment because of a desperate need at the quarterback spot. I mean, we've seen this with Carolina in the past before. They gave up how much draft capital to uh, bring Sam Darnold in, and it didn't work out. Now, granted, they got a different head coach who played in the league at the quarterback position. You know, Fitterer's there now. But still, you look at the capital that they gave away, and I think Chicago was the big winner in that trade. And they moved up to get quarterbacks that, you know, still have – they gave away capital for a guy that's not named Trevor Lawrence is, is what it comes down to, in my opinion. Well, and Trevor Lawrence was generational, right? Like, so, Tony, right. what, what what would have been worth it? Is it is it really only an Andrew Luck, a Trevor Lawrence, a Peyton Manning that would be worth that kind of draft capital to you? Or is there some kind of happy medium to where it would be worth it and it just wasn't for Carolina? Uh, you know, I, I, they just gave away a lot. They gave away too much in my book. Now, I could be wrong. I mean, if they take C.J. Stroud at the top and he turns out to be everything we hope C.J. Stroud turns out to be, then, I, you know, then I'm wrong and Carolina uh, you know, wins the gamble. But, you know, they gave away all that amount for a quarterback and they still have holes around the team and those – draft picks to fill those holes you have those draft picks this year you're not gonna have draft picks in the future so and you know they created a hole by trading a receiver away well that's what i was gonna ask you next you know how much was this hurt even more so by trading dj moore a very good wide receiver clearly their number one wide receiver how much did that hurt this team tony 
Well, I, I think it's part of the, the total package because, like I said, you've created another hole. So you've created a hole to get a quarterback who's, unpro- who's gonna, unproven, as all rookie quarterbacks or drafted quarterbacks are, uh, in a year that's not strong for the wide receiver at the wide receiver position. And we see how wide receivers are now a premium in the NFL. And again, it's not like you say, well, we're going to take take over receiver in the first round next year because you don't have uh, you know those picks moving forward which you've traded away for the whole for the number one selection tony my man listen when i heard your report the other day i came on the radio and i said i now believe after i heard what you said and after i heard what thomas davis said i'm out on the ledge saying that i think that anthony richardson is the guy i heard you when you talked about your source that told you that trayvon walker was going to be the pick and the reason i bought into that so much was because trayvon walker was such a surprise to me i thought aiden hutchinson was going to be the guy so when i heard what you said I said, all right, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going all in on this. So do you still believe that Anthony Richardson is very much in play and that he has a realistic chance of being the pick? If it's up to Frank Reich, yes. I think what's going on or what I've been told is that everybody in the room is really heavily leaning towards C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud did well at the uh, combine. He did well at the pro day. And I'm told that the interviews with C.J. Stroud, he's knocked him out of the park. And he's been very genuine. He's been very forthright. And he's a likable guy. I'm told that everybody in the building is is heavily leaning, if not checked off the box, for C.J. Stroud. I'm told that Frank Reich, if he had his way, would go with Anthony Richardson because of the upside, because of what Anthony Richardson could be two or three years down the road. It's just a matter of how much of a fight is Frank Reich going to put up in that war room uh, you know, to say, hey, listen, I want Anthony Richardson. I think right now there's probably less than a 20% chance that it's Anthony Richardson, and all signs are pointing towards C.J. Str- uh, Stroud. The irony is, except in the media, I really haven't heard the name of Bryce Young mentioned all that much in that Carolina Panther war room. Yeah, and so the thing was is that, you know, right, he talked about how he didn't have a problem with his completion uh, percentages and things of that nature. So I felt like if he didn't have a problem with that, there would be no reason for him not to draft Richardson. But then also you turn the page to Bryce Young. We see Chris Mortensen come out and say that he's the guy and that the Panthers love him. I mean, what do you think about Bryce Young as a prospect going number one if they were to choose him over C.J. Stroud, who you seem to think uh, uh, is now the top guy? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I think with Bryce Young, I've been pretty consistent about it. Uh, he is the best quarterback in this draft. There's no doubt about it. I, I mean, he is intellectually a, a phenomenal quarterback who knows what's going to happen before it actually happens, the way he sees the field, the way he reads the fences, his accuracy, his timing. But the problem is, is you know, he's 5'10", and he's playing weight is probably barely 200 pounds. So, you know, you, you gave away all those picks. And Bryce Young is somebody that if you select him, you better be able to protect him or you better be able to design a game plan where the ball's out of his hand quickly because Bryce Young is not going to be able to take the beating on Sunday that he took on Saturday at Alabama. And he took some beatings this year. You go back and you watch that Tennessee game. Uh, I mean, as someone said to me, and I reported it uh, last week, you know, if Bryce Young was, uh, I did it during my show with Trey Wingo, I should say, if Bryce Young was was four inches taller and he was six foot two, he'd be the best quarterback prospect uh, to enter the draft in the past ten years. That means better than Trevor Lawrence. That means better than Patrick Mahomes. That means better than Joe Burrow. That's how good of a quarterback he is. But you know, size does matter. 
Now, do you think with this Panther staff and you look at past number one selections as far as the situations that they, those guys come into, do you think with this staff that the number one chosen quarterback has the best chance of success that you've seen in a while with the staff that the Panthers have put together? I like Frank Reich. And, you know, it, it seems to me when when he was in uh, – Indianapolis, the quarterback was the albatross around the neck of the general manager. They could never, he could never get that quarterback situation right. I do like Frank Reich. I would believe in Frank Reich's ability to develop a quarterback. Uh, so I would lean towards yes uh, because of that. Tony Pauline joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. It's Weston Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Tony, something else that we've been really focusing on as we get closer to the draft is that 39th overall pick. Scott Fitterer talked about just how much he really wanted to keep that during negotiations, even if he couldn't keep B.J. Moore and, of course, some of the other selections. To you, what would the dream scenario for Carolina be at number 39 with a realistic option that could be available there? Well, I mean, maybe if one of the top receivers falls down because you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to replace a receiver. I don't think Zay Flowers is going to be there. I think Zay Flowers is is moving up draft boards. Jalen Hyde of Tennessee is falling down. He could be there. He's a vertical threat. Kayshawn Booty of LSU. I, I mean, the one thing we know about LSU receivers are they're really good receivers on Saturday, but they're even better on Sunday. Uh, Jalen Hyatt's teammate, Cedric Kilman, is moving up draft boards. A lot of teams like him, and I, I think he would be a, a good addition in the sense that, I mean, he plays the receiver position as though he was a uh, like a linebacker. I mean, he really attacked it. So I think a best-case a best scenario is a top-rated receiver falls to their laps at that selection, and they're able to pair it up you know, with their brand new quarterback. Well, and Tony, I don't think I heard you say Josh Downs, somebody that we've talked a lot about here being from North Carolina. Of course, we've paid a lot of attention to him. What kind of player do you think he could be at the next level? Yeah, 39 is, I I mean, you're going to have to use Josh Downs in the slot. You're going to have to have bigger receivers around Josh Downs. He's a dynamic receiver. He's a reliable pass catcher. Obviously, he's explosive down the field. He knows how to get get open. But, you know, Josh Downs is sort of the Bryce Young of the receiver position, if you will. 5'9", 170 pounds. You're going to have to get open space for him to work. You're going to have to make it so he lines up in the slot or you line him up backed off the line of scrimmage and keep him away from press coverage. I like Josh Downs as a receiver. But again, 5'9", 170 pounds, you're going to have to create ways for him to get off the line and get free. And then, Tony, when you look at receivers and start to dig into the numbers, I mean, this past season there were 12 wideouts under the age of 26 that hit 1,000 receiving yards. And then Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase broke Bolden's single-season receiving yards record in back-to-back seasons. Can the Panthers easily replace D.J. Moore in this draft, maybe at that 39 spot? No way. I I don't think so. I mean, you know, you're talking about, you know, a rookie quarterback now throwing to a rookie receiver, and you're trying to replace that production. I think that if it's not impossible, it's near impossible. So, you you know, that's one of the problems about giving away all those draft picks is, you know, you're trying to build for the future, and, you know, you're you're in such a mad dash to get the quarterback. You know, now you, you 
basically limited or, or reduced your resources moving forward, you know, to build for the future. Uh, it, it, I would think it's, it's going to be very impossible. It's going to be near impossible to replace that production uh, if, with a receiver at 39, especially with a rookie quarterback throwing the ball to him. Now, another wide receiver we just asked about downs, but another guy I would like to ask about is a Wake Forest alum and a guy that you also look at in that second to third round range. What's your uh, take on Wake Forest's uh, A.T. Perry? Yeah, I think he's more third round, maybe early fourth. I like A.T. Perry. A.T. Perry is a long receiver. He's a, he's short-handed wide out. He's a tough wide out. He's basically the opposite of Josh Downs. I mean, he's a guy that will win out for the contested throw. He's a guy that can get vertical. He's someone that can get off of press coverage. He ran faster than most people thought at the Combine. We interviewed him at the Shrine Game. He's a great interview. You know, I think if you compare A.T. Perry with Josh Downs, that's a nice pairing. He's not the vertical threat of Josh Downs, though. But, again, you know, I think he'd be a real good target for a rookie receiver because he's so short-handed, he's so reliable, he's got that long reach, and he knows how to get open. Tony, I want to ask a couple of questions just generally about the NFL draft outside of the Carolina aspect of things. What is a team in the top 20, maybe in the first round, that you think we're not talking about enough, the possibility of them taking a quarterback? Well, obviously, you know, you, maybe the Raiders at seven. I think that's a possibility because you look at the contract with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's more of a one-year contract. Tennessee, you know, there's a possibility they could move up and try and grab one of the, one of the quarterbacks there. You go, you go later on, I mean, the Lions have got two first-round picks. Do they look for a quarterback of the future? You look at the Commanders at 16. Obviously, you know, uh, is it going to be Sam Howell? I think it should be, but I wouldn't, scra- I wouldn't uh, mark them out of the conversation or take them out of the conversation for, select, for, for, for potentially selecting a quarterback. And then, of course, Tampa Bay at 19. Uh, Brady's gone. Uh, you know, what do they have on the roster now? So I think if a guy like Will Levis happens to slide down to him, I think that'd be a perfect selection. Wes kind of asked you this, too. I know you're not a fan of Carolina trading up to number one overall. What team up there in the top ten do you like their situation the best? Is it Houston just being there at number two with the possibility of taking a Young or a Stroud, whoever falls to him? Is it the Colts at number four, maybe taking a project there? What is a team positioned well, in your opinion, on whatever they could take in that top ten? I think Seattle at five and Detroit at six for a couple of reasons. I mean, Seattle's got, they both have two first round picks. Seattle just signed Geno Smith to a multi year deal. So, I mean, Seattle can do a couple of things. They can sit there and see if a quarterback falls to them and maybe take a quarterback. And I think Geno Smith would be a tremendous mentor for a young quarterback. They can sit there and get the edge rusher that they really need. They can, you know, potentially move up with Arizona if, if, the, uh, if the asking price is not too steep. And then you look at the Lions at six. I mean, the Lions, again, another team with two first round picks. Uh, they they address a lot of their needs in the secondary in free agency. Uh, Jalen Carter falls to them at six. You know what do they do? They could potentially get the best player in the draft with the sixth selection if they are comfortable with him. If they are comfortable with the off the field issues, if they think he's focused on uh, on football. If they don't go Jalen Carter, uh, they could get a great cornerback in Christian Gonzalez, and they could come back and fill another need or get another real good player later on in first in the first round with their second selection. Yeah, Tony, and I was going to ask you that. You talk about Jalen Carter, and I was going to say, if you take the quarterbacks out of the equation, who is the best player in this draft, and you think it's him, and why do you think so, even with some of the things that have come up lately off the field? And yeah, well, the, the, the pro day wasn't that great. Well, the pro day was horrible. I mean, it's terrible. And, and unfortunately for Jalen Carter, he, he continues to seem to 
shoot himself in the foot. Now he's not going to interview or, or go make visits with teams out of the top ten, which is foolish for a number of reasons. But, you know, really when you look at it on the field, it's either Jalen Carter of uh, Georgia or Will Anderson uh, of Alabama as your top two players. I just think with Jalen Carter, there were so many things you could do with him. You can line him up in a four-man front. You can line him up in a three-man front. He's a terrific pass rusher. He can stop the run. He can make plays laterally in pursuit. He's not as easily stymied at the point as Will Anderson. I I just like the versatility of him over Will Anderson, and I'm partial. I know this is the day and age where everybody loves quarterbacks, but I'm still partial to that impact defensive player being selected early in round one, and Jalen Carter comes close to that. And then, Tony, the last thing we'll ask you is, when you look at the NFC South uh, as a whole, which team not named the Carolina Panthers has the chance to uh, improve themselves the most in the NFL draft? You know, I, I mean... The Saints have a late first-round pick, but the Saints did a good job, and they got their quarterback uh, in free agency. So I, I think that you know, right now, when you look at it, the Saints probably have the best quarterback in, in that division, and you know they can add a couple more pieces, whether it be a defensive lineman, maybe a receiver. Uh, I, I think they are just one or two players away from basically being at the top of that uh, division because of the signing of Derek Carr in the offseason. Tony, I know your love for mock drafts. When can we expect 13.4 to come out for you? Yeah, no, actually not me. I, I, I've only done one. I, I, I rue those things. I'm actually scheduled to do one this weekend, so we will see one uh, Pro Football Network from Tony Pauline Monday or Tuesday of next week. Oh, they broke right. you. They broke you to get a mock draft done for us. I'm excited, though. Yeah, me too. I'm excited for it. Tony Pauline, you can find him on Twitter, by the way, at Tony Pauline, NFL draft expert for Pro Football Network. Always appreciate the time, Tony. Thanks, Thanks. again. Thanks, Tony. Thanks I'm off for Anthony Richardson now. You got it. Have a good weekend. <laughs> Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.